Thank you, Jesus. I'm grateful to be here this morning. And, and you know, gratitude, I'm, I'm speaking about gratitude this morning. And gratitude is kind of a, it's a kind of a funny thing today, funny thing these days. Most people are not even considering how they can be thankful. Uh, you know, in, they, can, they can even consider thankfulness or gratitude. They instead want to focus on what they can't have. Have you noticed that? That one of the, the biggest things that people are focused on today is what they can't have, Right? what they can't do. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't blame anybody for that, you know, because, you know, we've all lost a lot of our, our former freedoms in the last year. That is the truth. We have. There's a lot of stuff that we've lost, and it's a total normal feeling to miss what has been taken away. It's a normal feeling, right? But I, I want you to consider something this morning, and it's a bit of a shift. Are you gonna, can you stay with me on this for, for a little bit? It's a bit of a shift. And why is it a shift? Because, it, 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 you know, our minds seem to be programmed towards unlimited wants, right? And perpetually delayed gratification, right? You know, like maybe you finally got that brand new house, maybe not in Peterborough these days, but maybe you probably got that brand new house and, you know, and the next thing, oh, okay, now I got to fill it with furniture. Okay, I've got the furniture. Okay, now we have a two-car garage. I've got to fill that garage with two cars. After you fill that car with two garage, okay, I've got to make sure the landscaping is perfect. i got to get a pool. I've got to get that. It's nonstop. It's unlimited wants, unlimited needs. I tell you what, tomorrow if they say to us, okay, tomorrow you don't have to wear masks, we're freedom, there's still going to be complaining, people complaining about what they don't have regardless. It's nonstop. It's unlimited needs. It just goes on infinitely. It's, it's what the Bible says. It's a chasing after the wind. A chasing after the wind. And I think what this pandemic has done is also make us focus on what we've lost as opposed to what we have been blessed with. Right? Do I, do I like the limitations on our gatherings? Of course I don't. Of course I don't like it. Right? But I am grateful that I've been given the resources so that we can meet here safely and that none of you are going to get sick from it because we're following the rules. I'm grateful that they've given us that direction. Right? I'm grateful about that. Do I like how slowly the vaccine is being rolled out? No. I don't like that. I don't like that it's taking forever. But I am absolutely grateful that this happened in less than a year. They've developed. That's a miracle. It's, it is a miracle that, that this is a gift from God, that we have something that's going to help us get through this. I'm grateful for that. You know, do I like that I'm locked down in my house half the time? No, I cannot stand that. But I am grateful that I have a house that I can be in, Right? grateful. It's a change of perspective. What it comes down to is actually, it's a decision that, that, you know, it's a decision that I actually want to make moving forward as well, even beyond this pandemic. I'm not going to let what I want cheat me out of what I have. That's the decision that I want to make. I'm not going to trade gratitude for dissatisfaction. I'm going to take a stand and I'm not going to let that happen anymore. Apparently, there's a, a think tank. I was just reading this. There's a think tank in Ottawa created, uh, that they created something called the COVID Misery Index. <laughs> I don't know if any of you saw that. Uh, it was done in Canada. But they basically took 15 countries and they ranked the misery index, the amount of misery that the country has uh, in this pandemic. And unfortunately, they ranked Canada as 11 out of 15. <laughs> so we're way, way down on the end of the list in terms of how miserable we've been. And it says... <laughs> They have an explanation for it and everything. It says, those with higher scores have felt more misery, including misery from the spread of the sickness and death from the disease itself, slow or poor responses by government, and economic decline. Oh, too bad, eh? 
too bad. And, you know, we could complain at length about so many things, but, you know, what does complaining actually accomplish? What does it do? What does you putting your opinion on Facebook actually do? Okay, accomplishes misery. Thank you for answering that question. That's exactly right. That's what it does. Instead, let's focus on why we're blessed actually to be here in Canada. There's a lot of good things that we have here. Just go look at the church in China, the church in Iran, uh, our friends in, in Haiti. These are all places where they're having a lot of trouble just practicing their faith. We're blessed to be here in Canada. And guess what? What we say with our mouths is actually very important. It's very important. And what do you think God prefers hearing? What do you think God prefers hearing? Do you think he prefers hearing complaints or do you think he prefers hearing gratitude? Yeah, as a parent, I prefer hearing gratitude. Uh, you know, when you have kids and you set them at the dinner table, do you, you don't usually hear gratitude, do you? You don't usually hear gratitude when you're preparing food for your children. And uh, when I was a child, I had a friend over at our house, and this is back when we were in Montreal, and we sat down for dinner, and my mom served us cooked carrots. And I go, oh, great, Mom, cooked carrots. Well, let me just tell you that Pastor Janet was not very happy at that comment. I don't know if you've ever seen Pastor Janet, you know, a little angry, but she was, she was a little bit angry about that, and, and it was well-deserved. I, I was not showing my gratitude for, for the meal that we had. You know, there's also a spectrum of gratitude as well. There's actually a spectrum of gratitude, and contentment is kind of, they're not equal. Contentment and gratitude aren't the same thing. Contentment is kind of like the beginning of the race towards gratitude, right? And gratitude is the goal where you want to be. Have you ever heard anyone actually say with passion, I am so filled with contentment? Right? That's why, that's why it's at the beginning. It's at the very beginning. Contentment lacks passion and zeal. But when someone has a revelation of gratitude, though, there's a difference. There's an absolute difference. They can't help but express their gratitude for what they're going through, what they have, and what God has blessed them with. They can't help but express it because it becomes a perspective where you see everything around you as an undeserved blessing. Undeserved blessing. Cook carrots, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that my parents are going to make me a meal. Not just any meal, it's going to be a healthy meal. Thank you, Lord, for cooked carrots. Amen? Amen. How can we expect God to give us more when we haven't acknowledged what he's already blessed us with in the first place? Right? As you know, Holly and I have four kids. You know, therefore, we actually have an unholy amount of toys in our house. Let me give you a little bit more detail on that, though. Holly and I don't go out to the toy store and buy them toys all the time. We don't do that. We, we, we try not to do that. At best, we go to the dollar store and, hey, here's a cheap toy, right? But we, not unfortunately, we fortunately, in gratitude, we have grandparents who dotingly give them everything that they want, two sets of them. So as you can imagine, the toys pile up very, very quickly, right? There's, a, there's an abundance of Barbies and LOL surprise dolls taking up residence in our house. Please pray for Holly and I. <laughs> are the kids glad that they have Barbies? Yes, they're, they're absolutely glad that they have them. But are they content with what they have? Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Why? Because children have unlimited wants. 
they don't just want the Barbie. They want the Barbie's, you know, they want Barbie's evening gowns. They want Barbie's white Jeep. They want Barbie's airplane. They want Barbie's uh, nursing uh, hospital. They want the beach house. They want it all. Barbie has everything, and they want to be like Barbie. It's unlimited wants. And, you know, they're kids, so we can give them some grace. But unfortunately for us, our youth is fading. Right? We need to put away childish things. Put it away. A grateful perspective realizes all the amazing good things that God has given us. And we should respond with praise because His good is enough. His good is enough. But how often do we come to uh, God like a, like a two-year-old, right, and say, thank you, God, but I want that. You know, thank you, Lord. Give me the gifting. Give me the blessings. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. You know, I'll be happy then if I just get that. How do we keep the satisfaction from robbing us of the fact that God's provision is all sufficient? That God gives us all that we need. I'll tell you what, we do it by practicing gratitude. Thank you, God. You are enough. You are enough. You are enough. And in an instant, when we say that, what we have actually is enough. It actually is. Amen? Amen. Try it, actually. You know what? Let's do this right now. Try it. Start thanking God for the things that you see around you right now that you're blessed with. Think about it right now. Think about what are you blessed with. Think about it right now. What are you blessed with? Make a mental list. Even better, write it down. Write it down right now. What has he done for you? What has he done for you? Start, you know, start sharing them with your friends and family. If you're online right now, write it down in the chat window. What are you blessed with? What are you blessed with? Stop complaining on Facebook and let people know why you're blessed instead. That's a way better ministry. That's a way better way of informing people of God, not by complaining, not by saying things are evil, but by saying, I am so blessed because of what God has done for me. And I'll tell you what, there's going to be some people that are going to look at you like you've lost your mind, you know, because we are a year into this pandemic after all, right? But that's okay. That's okay. Be the outlier. Be the differentiator. And just remind yourself that, that people with a lot less are able to actually to express gratitude. So why not you? Why not you? God also puts certain things in the Bible to remind us how people in worse situations than us position themselves righteously. And obviously there's no better example than Job. You've, seen, you've read all read about Job in the Bible. If you haven't, go read it. Uh, it's, a, it's someone who can show gratitude regardless of what context they're in. And Job actually experienced the loss of everything that he valued in life. Absolutely everything. But how did he respond? Someone actually said it this morning, actually, when, when we're doing praise. Job said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Regardless of what he was facing, regardless of what he lost, he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. And this is why people always refer to Job when they're, they're going through a season where they feel like, you know, they're in a valley. But the thing is, a, a grateful heart, always returns praise to God. Always. Whether you're in a trial or a blessing, a grateful heart always returns praise to God. Always. And the funny thing is people that are, are what we would call, you know, even successful in Canada or in Western culture, you know, do not often acknowledge God in their success stories, do they? They rarely do. They rarely do. And here's the thing. When we don't acknowledge, when we don't praise God for what he's blessed us with, we're actually making room for pride in our hearts as well. Right? We think things like, well, I deserve this. I earned this. And this is all me. I did it. It's all me. I did it. It's me. It's all about me. I did it. 
And when we, you know, it was him, but it actually was, it wasn't just us. It was him blessing us. That's what it was. When we bring praise to the table and we acknowledge his blessings, we make it less about us and more about him. It lets God actually do even more in us than we could even possibly imagine when we acknowledge that it's him that's blessing us. On the other hand, what's our natural response to difficulty? It's not usually praise either, is it? (laughs) It's not. Why? Because it's actually not a natural response for us either when we're going through something to, to praise God. It's not a natural response. Even Christians respond to, to bad things, you know, by first appealing to God for help, which is always the first thing to do. Yeah, that's a good thing. But the kind of the second step to that is always asking, God, God, why did you let, the, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to us? Why, why are we going through this? You know, that's what we kind of let our tendency is. And again, it's a natural human response, Right? But as I preached before, you know, part of the mystery is sometimes not knowing all the answers, right? It's not always knowing the why. Sometimes there is a mystery to God, and we have to actually have faith and believe that he's going to lead us through something. And the one thing I've noticed, though, is that, you know, the difficulties that we have in life actually do make us aware of our dependence on him as well, which is a good thing. And as hard as some of these moments are, when we realize that he is all we have, we also realize that he is all that we need as well, right? And whether hill or valley, we can still say, blessed be the name of the Lord. We can still do that. So gratitude to God is essential. And I've talked about being grateful for, for all that he has blessed us with, but, you know, it's not just that. <laughs> it's not just that. Amen. My four, four girls, they, they love their mommy. They love her very much, not only because of what she gives them, right? They don't love her just because of what she gives them, although she's a very giving mother of everything. Uh, they love her for who she is. They love their mommy for who she is. She's a loving, nurturing, defending mother. She's an awesome mom. Just come to our house. You'll see how good she is. It's a, usually, you know, the girls come in, it's chaos, and she's able to bring them into order, which is an incredible trait to have as a mother. They listen to her. They, they respect her. They love her. And as parents, it's a, it's a natural love that we have for our children. We as God's children are also grateful and content, not just for the blessings, but also because of who God is, right? Listen to what Paul says to the Philippians. It's here right on the screen. Not that I'm speaking or, or being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I don't know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. In this verse, Paul was being grateful for the support of the people of Philippi, but he wants them to know that even in difficult circumstances, he has learned to be content in any circumstance. That is the secret. He even says it right there. It's a secret. He's learned to be content in any circumstance. So how do you approach life when it's hard? You do something simple. You get out of the way, one, as Pastor Janet preached last week, you get out of the way and trust God in a way where you can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do it all. Not because, you know, everything I touch turns into gold. It's not that. It's not because of the blessings, but it's because of my obedience to God, my faith in God. My faith in God is actually the go-to strategy in life. He is enough because of who he is. Paul also says in Thessalonians, in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's pretty direct. It's pretty direct. Pray without ceasing. 
I was always something when I was young that I, I thought that, wow, that's an extreme challenge right there. Pray without ceasing. I can remember being with, uh, with our friends and reading that and be like, all right, let's try that. Okay, one, two, three, we're going to pray without ceasing. One, two, three. Lord Jesus, I, you know, and you end up in 30 seconds and you can't do it anymore, right? Kind of an extreme challenge you can't do. But today it actually makes more sense because I see it, you know, it's, it's actually just a simple lifestyle. That's what it is. It's a simple lifestyle. It's achievable. It actually is. It's an attitude of continual and personal fellowship with God, right? Knowing and being in his presence all the time. It's actually not a challenge at all. Just being in his presence. It's actually a blessing because it's what enables you to give thanks in all circumstances, as Paul said. Why did Paul give us a suggestion? Well, one, because, you know, it is the will of God for us. It says that in the verse. It's it's God's will for us. She says there at the end of the verse, but also because each of these commands, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, these three things actually change our perspective as well, right? It actually changes our perspective from, from inward to upward, from inward to upward, from independence to dependence, from shackles to freedom, right? From misery to gratitude. And what an awesome perspective change it is. It really is. If we're Christ followers, we should be marked by our gratitude and, and known by our joy. Amen? We should be known by that. Even in the worst circumstances, actually, this is what sets us apart. But, you know, shouldn't some people ask, you know, should we, we feel anxious today given everything that's going on? And I can relate why somebody would feel anxious today. I can totally relate to that. You know, now that we are apparently the, the COVID variant hotspot of Ontario, apparently that's what we're labeled now. But I got to say again, but God, but God, God's going to see us through us. Watch the cases drop. Watch them drop miraculously. But again, Paul says to the Philippians in Philippians 4 and 6, do not be anxious about anything. What's anything? Anything. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, gratitude, let your request be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul is re- actually here reinforcing what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 25. Therefore I, Jesus said this, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. It's two people there in the New Testament telling us not to be anxious. And here's the thing about anxiety. Anxiety is the gratitude killer. Anxiety is a gratitude killer killer. And I know that these verses are, are said in a loving way, but don't, don't mix them up the words here. They're actually commandments as well. They're actually commandments. We're not meant to live in anxiety because anxiety is actually an expression of us trying to control outcomes when we should be entrusting ourselves into the loving hands of our Heavenly Father. Right? Our control is often just an illusion. But we can trust Him to take care of everything. Jesus rules over all creation. Do you believe that, that Jesus actually rules over all creation? He rules over everything, including the virus? Yes. He rules over that too, including economic turmoil? Yep, that as well. Including any scheme that the enemy has? Yes, yes. Including every conspiracy, real or let's face it, probably imagined? Yes, even over that as well too. Yes and yes and yes. Jesus Christ rules over all creation, and he is wise and loving in all of his ways. Don't be anxious about anything. You know, I find it unfortunate, you know, that Christianity, and how am I going to say this delicately, has been kind of dismissive of mental health issues in the past. It really has been. Uh, Because quite literally, both Jesus and Paul address it head on and give us a solution. They actually talk about it and give us a solution. 
with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Let God know what's troubling you. And this is not in any way dismissive of anxiety. It's actually putting God's authority in the right place over it. That's what it's doing, which is why we can say in both confidence and humility at the same time that my anxiety does not stand a chance when I stand in his love. It doesn't stand a chance when the peace of God comes upon me. Could it be that a a perspective of gratitude can actually directly lead you into freedom as well? Directly into inward peace? Yeah, absolutely. 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 It says right here, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Right? And why does the peace of God surpass all understanding? Why does it surpass all understanding? Because it it doesn't actually make sense to anyone else. It doesn't make sense to anyone else. And, you know, I've known so many of your testimonies here in this body, in this church. I know a lot of your testimonies of where you've been, you know, the circumstances you've faced. You know, where you should have been in turmoil. You really should have been in turmoil, but, but instead you demonstrated peace. Right? That surpasses understanding. That surpasses understanding. You should have been angry, but instead you showed love. That surpasses understanding. Right? You should have been defeated, but instead you showed victory. Again, it's something that surpasses all understanding. It won't make sense to anyone else how you were able to do that. But you know, you have the secret. You know it. You showed victory. Thank you, Jesus, that, that he was the one that guarded your hearts and your minds. Show gratitude for that this morning. Hallelujah. And guess what? He is not done yet. He's absolutely not done yet in all that. Psalm 107 says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever, forever, forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from trouble. He's redeemed them from trouble. Let's give thanks to him this morning, amen? Let's give thanks to him for what he's done and what he is doing. Let us, his redeemed, say so. Amen. Amen. Amen, Fred. You are redeemed. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. I just want to end today with, a, with an act of gratitude, an act of thanksgiving. Can you think we can do that? I know that you're all up to it and able because you came into this house this morning, regardless of what you were facing, ready to worship. Amen? You came prepared, ready to worship, ready to put things aside, and ready to give thanks and gratitude towards him this morning, regardless of what you're facing. And you know what? That's our greatest weapon against any circumstance is our praise, our worship, our gratitude, our thanksgiving. Those are our greatest weapons. No matter what we face, we can come to God with our praise. We can come to God with our gratitude. Psalm 95 and 2 says, Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let's make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. This is an awesome invitation, you know, to the great privilege of actually worshiping the Lord. It's a privilege. Our great God, who is King of kings, who is Lord of lords, who is King over all creation, who rules over it all and is all, everything, everything we see is all under his authority. Absolutely everything. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We're going to enter into worship one more time this morning. We're going to make a joyful noise today, amen? Are you ready to do that? You know, and as we conclude today, you know, let our humble worship illustrate the wonder and the awe that we have for our majesty. Amen? Let her represent that. 
Let them represent, let, let, let it speak to the one who rules over sickness. Let's speak to the one who rules over every heartache, who rules over every fear, who rules over every anxiety. This morning, let's show our gratitude to him who sits on the throne. Jesus sits on the throne for the victory that we have in him. Amen. Let's just enter in this morning. Give him your worship. Give him your gratitude. Give him your thanks. No matter what you're facing, as hard as it is, you can see a victory. You will see a victory. He will deliver you. Let's all put it, put it all at his throne this morning. Let God do the work that he needs to do. Amen.